0: This show is part of the WND Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more shows from WND, please head to our website at wndpress.com backslash podcast to see our current lineup.
1: Only poses is die, you fucking idiot!
0: be proud of me oh will i yes i made my own marinara sauce
1: tonight oh did you now i made it from scratch oh did you put pork bones in it no then get the fuck out of here
0: now the reason i tell you this is uh i so i spent some time on it i made it it's very tasty Mm -hmm. um but i think that means i'm
1: italian now oh is that what it means Yes, that's You're, I think that's you coming I think to me right now. You coming to me no, right now? You going to co-opt my whole culture?
0: I'm coming to you is what I'm saying. It's oh. like I am I'm, I'm coming to you and extending my hand to say it's nice to be part of the family.
1: Yeah, well, you got to do you got to make your bones first before we let you in the family.
0: Well, I but but I, I already you gotta did kill it. Kill
1: a guy, got to kill a guy with some piano no,
0: no, 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 no. I don't have to do all that. Luca that's that's, 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 an old, somebody. that's an old That's an old that's an old wives tale. No, all you gotta do is just make the sauce, and I made the sauce, and uh, now I'm I'm here. I am I am uh, I have family from the old country.
1: Yeah, but was the sauce gravy? No, it wasn't gravy. It was sauce. But they call it the gravy. You 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 simpleton. Listen, I'm. I just got
0: here. Nobody gave me the book. I didn't get into the orientation. Like nobody's given me any of this stuff. I. It's essentially I just got hired, is what it is. And I am. I am new to the organization. I am learning the ropes.
1: You're still in training.
0: I'm still in training. Yeah, I still got to <laughs> figure it out. I got. I got. I got to be able to make some other things. But I. I have not gotten there yet. So it's gonna be all right. I mean, I'll be
1: honest. I. Uh, I'm white, <laughs> and I. I'm half Italian, and everyone has uh-huh. always made fun of me for it. And I remember Lou and I were talking about it <laughs> and she's like she's like, Well, yeah, yeah, you're technically Italian, but like you're white. <laughs> and uh-huh. she's, like, she's like, There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm like, Shit,
0: you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've I've had that conversation with Ethan, um, because he's like so so like we did his genetic test and he's everything, and he was like going to school telling people he was black, and so, oh. like because because yeah, well because you know like he's oh, got yeah, Calista,
1: uh, isn't Calista her
0: grandfather is black Puerto Rican, and oh, it's like a whole right, right, it's like a whole right. thing. There's like a whole there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. going on. Is what I'll say. Um, but I'm just but, saying like,
1: you're the first impression when you see. Your son is definitely not that.
0: It's definitely not. Um, no, he looks like he looks like uh, he looks like um, data from from Goonies. Um, that's that's what he looks like. So um so he was going around telling, and then we like added everything up. And I was like, actually, dude, you're like 51 percent white. Like, so I'm pretty sure you're just white. And he's like, no, I'm like. Yeah, you're just you're just white, dude. Like you're you're like mostly white. it ends up being like fifty three percent or something on what the genetic test is. But he's like he's like, no, I'm Asian and Puerto Rican, and I'm like, and really, really white. Really <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> white So it's been that's been a real fun conversation with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess there's nothing more heartbreaking for a white person than to just be like, I guess this is it. <laughs> dude uh
0: it didn't bother me i knew it was coming and i i was shocked by how white it was because you were literally transparent dude it was it was i could not i literally couldn't be whiter it was england ireland germany and norway wow so just
1: oppressors all except for norway just
0: yeah yeah oh yeah well I just, yeah it's a whole different issue or uh no it was it wasn't norway it was scandinavia um oh so, so. oppressors oppressors yeah so let me correct it. yeah yeah so yeah if it wasn't if it wasn't the 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 english crown or uh you know whatever happened in germany it was the vikings so like i was Viking i'm all Lord, of those things. The yeah and, you
1: know, i was always
0: told dude i was always told that we had like cherokee indian in the family and then like i get tested and it was like nope not even close <laughs> um like not, the, nothing nothing even registers as as anything native american so you know
1: you wish honky dude
0: i when i came back i was like you know sometimes when you see those genetic tests it's like multiple it's like multiple places and it's like they, they break down like the different regions and and like there's like you know 10 15 20 different places that'll have your percentage mine had four
1: why <laughs> why white.
0: white, white. <laughs> yeah yeah it should have just said white and it should have just like mailed me a jar of mayonnaise and been like here this is you
1: <laughs> You could leave this on your Zoom meeting and nobody would know the difference.
0: That's it. I told somebody I had to go to the beach in a bell, a diving bell, because I would flash fry in the sun.
1: <laughs> I know my mom did the test and she was super stoked that she was like one percent Askan Jew. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but that's like one like percent. Yeah, that's like matter. so little. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But you know. I don't know. I, I I I always say it like I I got I hadn't I'm, I'm like two generations from the boat. I I heard all all I ever heard was Italian curse words and and butchered Italian slang for like food. That's all I ever heard. By the time I came around, my grandma had given up the big cooking, you know, cooking for 17 people on a Sunday. She didn't do the sure. fishes at Christmas anymore. Once I came around, I guess I exhausted everybody so much, which I guess I understand. <laughs> and it was just ragu in the can. And like She didn't roll her own pasta anymore. I missed all that shit. Oh, that's sad. It's a bummer. I never saw anybody get, you know, Tommy gunned on a on a street corner it's just really just a bummer
0: ma why isn't that guy getting made
1: hey ma you better put some pork bones in that sauce you piece of shit (laughs) don't make me come in there oh boy i think i think that was jerry only's kid that just came in here (laughs) hey dad hi you pop so, <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome to I Don't Want to Hear It. I'm Mikey. And I'm Shane. And despite that intro that got, I guess, a little dark, we're keeping it upbeat today because last week we talked to the Prince of Darkness. And <laughs> the week before that. <laughs> hello, Sam. We love you. Uh, and uh, what, what was the week before that? There was something dark the week before that. And then we it was did. The, it was
0: records of the year
1: yeah but it was all like we kept talking about death western it's just been a lot of negativity and we're gonna bring it around because we're doing an album deep dive on one of my favorite records I just found out that it's not really one of Shane's (laughs) let's face it by the mighty mighty Boston see I took it for granted because I love it so much and I feel like everybody loves it that I texted him I'm like dude let's do let's face it and you're like okay I'm like Shane must love this record and then it turns out that like you don't hate it but I don't know. We'll find out.
0: No, it's great. Uh, I mean, it's it's a great record. I I have fun with it. So, um, I remember being super impressed that this band played everything while wearing suits. Um, this was the first time I ever saw a hype man, so that was great. Um, you know, so the boss
1: tone, the titular boss tone.
0: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like it was, it was. Uh, they were great. Like
1: they're a great band. So. I love the Mighty Mighty Boss tones, and I still do. If you'll recall, their final album was on one of my record of the year lists um, a couple years ago. That is true. I do
0: remember I mean, that because you said that it was their last record, and so it ended perfectly. And then,
1: uh, then they were anti-vaxxers, or at least Dicky Barrett was. Dicky Barrett apparently was an anti-vaxxer. Uh, I, you know, I, I what. People are going to say what they're going to say. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I got the vaccine. What yeah. the fuck do I care? Yeah, it's fine. It's all fine. He's dancing it, like, so like, fast. He's burning the coronavirus right out of his system. Yeah, I think that's how that works. He. Well, that's what, the, what Cuomo said that. Well, oh, Cuomo. Yeah, that's a guy to be trusted. I know, because he's out of his fucking mind. I was listening to a lot of Tim Dillon during the pandemic, so I don't know. My I, my my opinions may be a bit biased and flawed. Skewed. Skewed. <laughs> a little skewed. Well, look, guys, we're going to keep it loose for this episode, because we just recorded a bonus episode as well, so we're going to make everybody suffer, because we're both very tired. But I thought what we could do, it's kind of what we've done on, the, on our previous album, Deep Dives. We're going to do a little reminiscing uh, we're just going to throw a couple of the particulars at you, talk a little bit about the recording and, uh, you know, just go a little track by track and then be done with it. So yeah. you can move on to whatever other podcast you want to listen to, which is not us, which I, I it makes me sad because I can just imagine how many times they'll click over to something else while we're talking. And if I was in the car with them at the time, it would make me very sad. You know, I've never
0: I've never had that thought. So thank you for giving me that. See, now I, didn't, I didn't have that before. I didn't have that. It's from my head It's into yours. I don't like that. I don't want, I don't want your, I don't want your fears. Like I don't want that feeling. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Yeah. That's horrible. I'm already anxious and like self-conscious and think that people dislike me for, for, for very simple things. If somebody just stops talking to me for like two days, I'm like, they hate me. Like they don't want anything to do with me. They want nothing. I, I, I so like the fact that now I think the people will be like, nah, that's we such te- a bummer.
1: What about me? We text like every day, every other day. What do you think when we, I genuinely talk? think that there are times where you don't like me. Why? Like, it's,
0: it's I, cause I'm fucking neurotic is what it is. Like I have a, it is a me.
1: Me problem yeah 100%. That, is you problem, that thought has never crossed my mind also i hate you but
0: you know i hate you so much but like that's, a, that's like that's the thing is, is i just assume that nobody likes me perpetually like i'm just I, I i like i think about this at my job like i think about like kids i work with i think about people i'm like just nobody likes me everybody just tolerates me and here i am like i think my own kids feel like that
1: you like are, you are
0: literally I, I think my my parents think that sometimes i think my dad is just generally annoyed with me i know he's not like i know that's not the case but i have that that's 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 my here's my stuff in my head to you
1: you are, oh thank you you are you are literally your mork character <laughs> yes yeah i just assume everything s- yeah sad
0: troll Ugh, uh, i hate it uh,
1: yeah if like honestly I, I i've never thought that because if i didn't have the spikers in my life i would uh, kind of have no friends so yeah
0: that's what well, i mean That's also true. Everybody's uh, gone. uh, It's just us. It's just us. It's just us. So let's talk about something happy because we keep bumming everybody (laughs) out. Yeah, yeah. uh, Okay. So Mighty Mighty Bostons. Let's face it. So this album, I remember when... uh, By the way, we're going to do away with segments for this one. We're not doing any segments. Um, We're just going to enjoy this this record for what it is. Uh, So this album came out. I remember when this came out because I remember how fucking good... The impression that I get is as yes. a song. It is, yeah. it is a fucking perfect song. Um, and and here's this is something I noticed when I was listening to it. Um, and we'll talk about the song later too. But like the 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 two songs from the '90s that like really stayed with me that are like like hit me in the heart were Green Day's JAR. Mm -hmm. and the impression that I get by Mighty Mighty Boston's and here's why it's because the last bar of the song is just like this kind of like fade away sad thing that just sounds like everything is just like it's like it's it's a slow burn out and I fucking love that apparently like I think that that is like just such a brilliant bit of songwriting for songs like these
1: absolutely that song is one of the cases of the hit song honestly being you know, one of the top two top three best songs on the record, yeah, I mean, I love every song on this record. I truly adore every song, well, maybe not break so easily, but I love every song on this record, yeah, but good god the when when I first heard the impression that I get, I couldn't believe what I was fucking hearing. I'm like, where's all this energy coming from? I want to dance, I want to bang my head. I, I mean the guy's yelling, he's singing, he sounds like he's had ten whiskeys, and then he yeah. swallowed a cheese grater. And and okay, so I and we just talked about this on the bonus episode, so patrons, you know, fall asleep right now if you give a shit. <laughs> I experienced ska for the first time on MTV, you know, just like with Green Day. I, I had I guess I'd heard it on the radio, or I'd heard tell of it. Maybe someone played me a CD or a cassette, whatever. <laughs>
0: Rumors and whisperings of ska. I heard there's, tell. there's this music.
1: There's this music with horns. It sounds like plinky 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 blinky. And <laughs> I I would rush home. Actually, I would demand that my mom rush home because she would drive me to school because there were no school buses at the Catholic school because they couldn't afford it. I don't know how. They took all our fucking money. They <laughs> just gave it to and Fuck them. <clears throat> anyway. So when we would get home, I would immediately sit down in front of MTV when my parents were in a good mood because sometimes they'd be like, no, you can't watch that. But I would wait for Basket Case. And I think this was post-Dookie, uh, you know, Into Insomniac. So Brain Stew, Jaded. I would wait for those videos. I would wait for anything cool oasis wonderwall everclear santa monica and then <laughs> yeah one day i just see this white background and these dudes it's like these dudes are, are surfacing from milk or something and they're yeah. all wearing suits and i just hear the coolest guitar riff and then the song just kicks in and they're dancing and there's horns and i'm like what the fuck fuck is this i can't remember what the first third wave 90s punk ska band i ever heard was but this had to have been one of the first songs i mean it was this sellout by real big fish and probably here in your bedroom by goldfinger and
0: dude, here th- i think here in your bedroom was the first ska song i heard
1: yeah, that it might have been for me too. And and just like we did on the bonus episode, guys, we'll clarify. We're talking third wave 90s punk ska. Yes, we know about two tone, the second wave, great bands. I love a lot of it. And then the first wave great bands. I like what I know. I don't I'm not that knowledgeable on it, but yes, Desmond Decker, I know. Don't fucking don't you come at me. But at any rate, we're talking about the 90s now. And I loved this fucking song so goddamn much and i remember i borrowed the cd from a friend i taped it on cassette because i didn't have any money to buy it and i just absolutely fell in love with the album and i fell in love with the band too because i like almost everything they've ever done Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and i mean that's they were one of those bands that i think that at the time that they were coming up i really just loved music so much but i think i kind of like gravitated more towards a little bit of the grunge and, and like kind of the heavier stuff because i yeah. grew up in a hard rock house so like <coughs> there was never a time like if yeah i grew up in the hard rock hotel it was real weird there was memorabilia everywhere that's all i got <laughs> for christmas was just like glass cases of guitars from people i didn't give a shit about
1: don't you touch joe satriani's alien guitar <laughs> <laughs> oh great here's tom morello's
0: pants thanks <laughs> um so it was it was one of those things where you know the ska thing was happening but my dad was kind of like uh, whatever uh you know (laughs) here's here's pearl jam like and i was like okay like so that's that's kind of like it it was never um i guess maybe emphasized Mm. and because music music was so emphasized in my house and it was kind of ever present, you know, it was, uh, it was just one of those things. I, like I, like I said, I always remember driving around with my dad and him being like, uh, like what something would come up on the radio and he would go, who's this? And I would be able to be like, oh, well that's fucking Boston. That's Chicago. That's, um, I'm just naming cities of Kansas. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and that was kind of like the music that we had in the house. And so when Scott came around, he was kind of like, what's this shit? And just kind of, we ignored it. um, but I remember, because I think part, like, the, partly at the time, too, like we talked about it on the bonus where um, No Doubt had come up, too. Yes. And so he was kind of like, oh, what's this fucking, what's this girl doing? Um, and, uh, and so we just kind of like, would he kind of like blew off like the punk and the ska stuff. Um, I think partially because he was mad at Nirvana because mm. Nirvana killed all of his bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything that That's sounded funny. like it was la- like, yeah, like, you know, he was kind of like, Anything that came kind of came out of that. But like he's come around since then, obviously. But um yeah, I remember the song coming out and just being immediately hooked. It's a big chorus song. I'm all I'm immediately sucked into big choruses. Um I remember hearing some of the songs afterwards, like uh was it Rat King?
1: Rat King? Really? Are we doing this right now? <laughs>
0: It's too easy. So, uh, uh yeah, Rascal King. Yes. Uh, so, so I remember hearing that and really liking it. And I think I just, when that band was popular and that record was out, I think I just moved to different things. Like, I think I would have picked Green Day's Dookie or Insomniac, or I would have listened to Smash or X-Nan and the Ombre versus this. And that's kind of yeah. maybe what I was dealing with.
1: Well, I mean, I, and, and the thing is all that stuff ran concurrently with this because everybody acts like ska was so separate, but it was, you know, in that time frame from like 94, 95, all the way up through, you know, through middle school for me, it's like all this shit. I, I, I loved, I loved everything. I had such an unabashed love for music, you know? And, and of course that has continued, but those edges have gotten quite sharp over the years and, yeah. you know, uh, but it was it was mighty mighty boss tones, and then I was psyched when um, I don't know the Smashing Pumpkins came on, and then I was psyched when Metallica came on, and then I was excited to hear you know what my friends had in their CD cases, or if someone had a cassette, or somebody's big brother made me a, a tape. You know, it was just I was so voracious, and I wanted to hear all of it. But ska was a huge part of it. I loved it, and this record uh, especially.
0: Yeah. So I think we could probably talk a little bit about the band itself and yeah. and kind of give an idea. Now, uh, the, uh, you know, when you think about this band, the Mighty Mighty Bostones, um, we're going to probably reference them as the Bostones. We're not going to say Mighty Mighty Bostones every single time because we a Mighty, lot Mighty, of syllables. Mighty, Mighty, so, Mighty, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were an American ska band from the place that's known for ska. Boston. <laughs> what is his fucking horn shit up here? How many fucking horns do you need? So they've started in the 83. So this band is oh. older than me. This which band is, uh, is my age. So ridiculous. Um, and uh, the thing is, is what they're really kind of... The the big thing about this band, or like one of the trademarks, besides them being a ska band, and they're all their suits and their dancing men, um, is Dickie Barrett's voice. Because yes. when you listen to this band, you don't really... Like when you listen to ska, you typically hear like uh, I don't. I feel like everybody's voice is different. I feel like they're all pretty uh, distinguishable. But Dickie Barrett's voice sounds like he is just drinking glass. Um, <laughs> yes, it sounds like it hurts for him to sing, and it looks like it looks like when he sings, it looks like it hurts him a little bit. Um, but like doesn't looks like his a voice?
1: Doesn't his voice match his face? dude it does and
0: i love it like yeah. it's it's really his voice is very unique and it's really great i was really excited to see that he was on um 59 sound uh what well, he, he did the guest spot on yeah, on that yeah. one song on the gaslight record it was really uh, cool but it, but it was like a bummer because he was just like, Forget about it. Like that's all he did. Like he didn't like sing a lot on it, and you're just kinda like, You should we need more of this on here because his voice fits the gaslight anthem so
1: well. Yeah, give Dickie Barrett a whole verse. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah. So Dickie Barrett's lead vocalist, you got bassist Joe Gittleman, mm-hmm. uh, tenor saxophone sex sex saxonophonist saxophonist, God, uh, Tim Johnny, Johnny just, Vegas Burton. You are trying dancer, me right now. A dancer, um, and uh, aptly titled Boston Ben Carr, uh, and they were the constant members throughout the entire uh, duration of the band for the most part. And the band's final lineup included drummer Joe Cirrosis, Ciro- 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 Joe Cirio. He was in the Street Joe Dogs. Ciro. God damn! Oh, A saxophonist Leon Silva, guitarist Lawrence Katz, keyboardist John. G- Go- goat cheese? I don't know that. Goat cheese.
1: Goat cheese. I don't know that
0: one. Goat cheese. And then trombonist Chris Rhodes. So
1: you know they what's had weird right now, though? You know what's weird what's right that? now, though? Because they had a guitarist, and I can't remember his goddamn name. But he was—I mean, he was one of the guys. He, he was the guy who wrote all the fucking songs. Hold on. Hold hold. hold Joe down. Perry. No. God damn you! He, <laughs> you he left
0: ge- Aerosmith to join the Money Money Bostones. You are he, more- he dude. Joe Perry joined the Mighty Mighty Bostones when Aerosmith was in its drug phase. When Steven Tyler couldn't couldn't like stand up because of all the heroin he was doing. So Joe Perry was like, you know what? I'm done with blues. I'm gonna go start a band with like a bunch
1: of suits. <laughs> so it was Nate Albert. He's the guy you see in the video. He's got the blonde crew cut. You know, he looks he's he looks kinda like Drew Carey, honestly. And he was in the band from the inception all the way through two thousand, so he was definitely there for the Boston's heyday. And uh, then, you know, he, he left and then he came back right at the end to help record the last album. Sure. But Nate Albert yeah, okay. deserves a mention because he was a great guitarist. He was. Yeah. He's shy. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. And I mean, and while while it's important to talk about the band, we are talking about the specific this specific record. Let's well, face it. He played, it and, he and played, and played on it. the goddamn okay. record. It's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. He He deserves credit.
1: <sighs> Go on. All right. All right. All right. Well, so the, uh, the the Boston's early records, I don't know if you've ever listened to them. I would say that it's not a ton to write home about. Devil's Night Out, More Noise and Other Disturbances, uh, Don't Know How to Party. They're not bad, but it's sure. it's, a, it's a far cry from the greatness that they would realize on Let's Face It. And I I honestly like their later records as well. Some people write those off. But of course, they did have the song Where Did You Go?, which was kind of a minor hit. They had uh, the EP. Uh, what was it? Scott Core, the Devil, and more. Someday, I suppose that song. Dude, that su- song is so good. Such a good song. That song. Have you listened? Have j- you
0: have you listened to the Drug Church cover of it yet?
1: I still haven't.
0: <laughs> you fucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, so it's so good. I will fucking listen to it at some point in my lifetime. Listen to it. Listen to it for this episode. Okay. I'm gonna do it right now. I hate okay. it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so so they they put out some early records and EPs, and and they had quite a following in Boston, but they really hadn't broken through yet. I'm sure they toured a ton, but it was '97, and they recorded. Let's face it, and it's just I loved how the album cover was consistent with their look you know their videos they had that sort of like black and white uh I, I mean i guess you know white background and color on on some of them but it was like you you looked at the record and then as soon as you saw the video you recognized it you're like oh i know yeah. exactly where that's from it was it was very smart of them to do because this is a strange thing to put on mtv in 1997 you know I, isn't this the year yeah. baby e. died isn't this the year tupac died i don't remember so, uh, seems like it.
0: That sounds accurate. That's a bad f- year.
1: I feel like whatever year it was, it wasn't a good year. But at any rate, this was without a doubt the mighty mighty boss tones, just their commercial peak. This fucking song. The impression that I get the sing <laughs> the hit single from the album. Let's face it, was everywhere. I like, mean, seriously, it was fucking. Everywhere. I remember going to a middle school dance. Okay. This was when, uh, so I went to Catholic school. This is, so this is when St. Paul's, we did the visiting dance at our lady of Lords where years later, we would end up having hardcore shows at, yeah, <laughs> at, at the yeah. hall at our lady of Lords where we had the dance. So, i remember my buddy's friend my buddy's older brother was like the dj for all the school dances i mean they must have paid him and he had a lot he had a lot of cds so he he was he was like the cool dude to me because he was already in high school and he knew all about punk and he knew about the clash and he knew about all this shit and he would dj the dances and i remember he would he would always sort of like put songs on that other people wouldn't care about for us you know, uh-huh. in, in between in between Quad City DJs, you know, come on ride the train, which is actually a pretty good fucking song. But <laughs> you know, I remember him putting on the impression that I get, and we were in like sp- sixth grade, seventh grade, yeah, it must have been seventh grade. And we were just jumping into each other and skanking and being idiots in the corner. Like <laughs> in the corner of the dance floor. And it was so funny because it was the first time I ever felt like I fucking get it and you don't. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> in reality, I looked like a fucking idiot, but it didn't matter because in my heart, I had learned something that I didn't want what they were doing and I was going to have to find my own way. And I just, this song, it just really takes me back. I can remember just, I remember my homeroom in middle school Somebody had a disc man passing it around and we would just, we, I don't know how we, we, we used to watch MTV in homeroom at a Catholic school. I remember seeing the Until It Sleeps video in school. and That's I That's so see, scary. I know. And I remember seeing this video in school and us just being so stoked on it. I can see the room right now where I was and it just really takes me back. But anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting crazy.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's fine. I mean, yeah, the band peaked. I, I mean, that was like when everybody knew about this band, it was the impression that I get. That was the song. And I think that what ends up happening is they probably got written off as a one hit wonder yes. because of that. But they, which is a bummer because, um, I feel like there are plenty of bands that are considered one hit wonders that have really great discographies. Uh, and when you really go listen to them, I think that, Mighty Mighty Boston's is one of those bands. Um, They were also in Clueless, which that was... We talked about this. We talked about this already (laughs) in, like, I believe is one of the bonus episodes, right? Yes. yes, Where we we talked about how, like, it's just weird that so many fucking bands were just, like, playing at homecoming shows Mm -hmm. uh, in in all these 90s movies. Um, So it's great that they were in Clueless. I believe... What song
1: were they playing? Were they playing someday? I suppose it was either that or Where Did You Go. I think, but you know what? It's been so long since I've seen Clueless. I could be wrong. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I,
0: it's it gets watched in my house too often, and I don't know. I don't know what it is.
1: the The weird thing is, like especially at this time, a lot of punk and ska bands were considered one hit wonders because they managed to get on MTV and on the radio with one or two songs. There's like Boston's impression that I get rancid time bomb and Ruby Soho. Uh, right. You know, uh, Goldfinger had uh, here in your bedroom. Real big fish had sell out. You know, there, there was a whole bunch of bands like that, but they, nobody realized and why I love these bands so much and why I, I started to really hate mainstream music at the time was because you would go buy a record by like, I don't know, some, some other equally considered one hit wonder band, like a uh, semisonic. <laughs> And you'd realize, yeah. you realize the rest of the fucking record sucked. you go get the boss yeah. tones and you're like, every song is a fucking hit. So that uh, I, mean, I think that's what, in it, that's what really clenched punk for me was like, the song that made it on the radio, there's like 15 more songs like that on the record. And the same cannot be said for your Flavor of the Month alternative band.
0: You know, I... I'm gonna cons- I'm gonna go ahead and give that to you because as far as semi Sonic goes, you're absolutely right. I have that record. <laughs> it's not good. Um, well, there's, some good song- there's some good songs. There's good. There's some good like songs on it, but it's like not a good album. No. Um, and that happened to me a lot, which is really upsetting because <laughs> I would go get a record, and I'd be like, I love this song, and then I would go get it and be like, this fucking blows i'll i'll never forget getting um bush had done uh i was like i really liked bush so like uh 16 stone was great uh razor blade suitcase i really liked um then they did this remix song um and i think it was the song mouth and it was for like a fucking video but then they did like a remix album and i was like bush has a new album i'm gonna go get it and i got it and it was all remixes and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) i was so mad um that I spent money on it. And I was like, but that never happened with like punk records. Like for the most part, you get a punk record and it was always good. And uh, so like, even I feel like uh, the offspring's Americana is an example of like how the hit single was so shitty, but the rest of the record was actually really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I a reverse.
1: Very strange. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. Pretty fly for a white guy is horrible, but the rest of the album is fantastic. Um, Yeah. The offspring were always
1: guilty of that. Like, they put out the worst fucking... I mean, like, come out and play is a good song, but if you listen to the rest of Smash, you're like, this is not the best song. No, not at all. Not even close.
0: Yeah. So so Mighty Mighty Bostones, they put out Impression I Get, blows everybody out of the fucking water. The rest of the album's great. Uh, they're in Clueless. Uh, the band releases seven studio albums, three EPs, and a live album by the time they announced their hiatus in December of 2003. So before I graduate high school, they're done. They're not a band anymore. Bye-bye. Um, bye. And- and then in 2007, they actually got reunited uh, to resume recording and touring, released four more studio albums between 2009 and 2021, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. And then also, just as a quick note, from 1984 to 2002, and again from 2007 to 2019, they hosted an annual Hometown Throwdown Musical Festival uh, held annually around Christmas uh, in Cambridge and later Boston, which I think is cool. I like when bands do that, when they celebrate their hometown and they put together things, and a lot of times, like um, – uh, uh was it what every time I die did this too. Yeah, like they, they would drop shows murphy's do it. Drop yeah drop kick murphys do it. So it's like you know a bunch of fucking firefighters showing up uh you know like in Boston. Firefighters
1: so,
0: Yeah it's it's a whole thing. So but it's cool they do that because it's like they end up donating toys and and stuff for you know they raise money for charity and all that and a lot of times it's really cool. So now unfortunately the band broke up Last year, January 27th, 2022, um and they decided that they were officially done. So,
1: yeah, and it was they That's... I there was a tweet or something. I saw it on some article. They screen grabbed it and it was just like, "I wish we'd been able to play a last show." One of the members said that. And I was like, "You're as old as I am and you guys couldn't figure it out." I, yeah, it's weird, right? I just I I have some thoughts, but I will save them till the end. It's just, it's so sad. So it's like, yeah. it's like losing. It is like losing a friend for me when a band like this breaks up because yeah. I just, it's, I just like knowing that they're there, even if I'm not listening to them every day. It's just like, it's like me when I would, uh, I always hate the last episode of a sitcom, like the finale. Because yeah. I like just imagining that Jerry George Kramer, and Elaine are just still in the apartment, you know, not I like them Im- yeah, not well, they only did a year, but i like I like imagining that like Joe and Brian and Helen and Roy and Antonio Scarpaci and Lowell are still on Nantucket island in the in the in the terminal, and it just makes me sad when they go away. I don't like a finale when it's something that is very near and dear to my heart i don't like when they go away yeah i I, I get that that that's completely reasonable stay the same static (laughs) world view don't leave don't leave don't you fucking leave i mean arguably that's this show me just screaming at you and saying like do not do not change any of this
0: yeah i mean i think what you need is like you need to be the john hammond of punk bands like you need to like put together a park where you just get the DNA of like Mighty Mighty Boston and you fucking clone them and then all they do is just perform in different parts of the park it's like ah, here's Sky Lake and then like that's all they do is hang out and play fucking horns all day until the, until Dickie Barrett eats somebody
1: welcome to Nostalgia Park <laughs> you son of a bitch you did it
0: <laughs> yeah I can't wait for that I can't wait for Jeff Goldblum to be like did you need this <laughs>
1: ska will find a way
0: <laughs> yeah that's i can't wait for you to just resurrect third wave ska over and over somebody's gonna be like what about fourth wave ska and you're gonna be like nobody gives a shit about Cat bite." here we are gonna we're, we've got fucking ska park
1: <laughs> Dude, that's probably a band name <laughs> that was such a stupid thing band like 90s ska bands would it would shoehorn the word ska into their name just so you know the Scott and Mascopheles uh, Mephiscopheles whatever the fuck it is Mephiscopheles
0: okay there's also a skank and pickle I mean skank and pickle was like I, I remember the first time being like what that's a band okay, they were funny all right.
1: they, I mean they, they were fun. good uh, you know what, it was, what was it like Rotten Banana Legs was one of their songs like, what do you write songs <laughs> yeah. about they wrote a song about the girl from Degrassi that got pregnant arguably their best song yeah it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> what a time to be alive yep
1: So anyway, well, let's face it. We keep, we keep, whoa, we're detouring. It's the fifth studio album uh, that the Boston's put out, came out March 11, 97 on Mercury and Big Rig. Apparently Big Rig was their label and they used it to put out vinyl, which is actually pretty forward thinking in 97 because I feel like CDs were so massive. Nobody gave a fuck about vinyl again until the underground brought it back sort of in the mid 2000s.
0: Yeah, but I think also like one of the cool things about like a band that like has their own imprint. Yeah is that the band gets to maintain like the rights and the and the ownership of like the the album itself like uh Foo Fighters does this. They have Mm -hmm. they have an imprint called Roswell Records or something like that, and Dave Grohl runs it. and He owns the rights to all of his masters. He gets all that stuff. And the only thing that the big record labels do are they do um, advertising, they do um, uh, distribution, and they do like they help set up touring for a little bit, and then they go okay, like the rights are going to revert back to the band after five years, and they get to own all of it, all the copyrights and everything. So
1: that's really cool. Yeah. Well. So let's face it sold incredibly well because of the impression that I get, but they also had two other singles that came in at number 22 and number seven, respectively on billboard, the modern rock tracks chart, which I wonder what billboards just like, it's like an office building that's on fire and abandoned now. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, they still do it, but it's like, yeah, nobody cares. Like, but it is one of those things that Billboard is still around. But like, it's weird to think that Billboard has so many charts. Like, yeah. how many charts does this place have? Like, they, Two, like, I, I'm curious about how too damn many, many, yeah. How like, who's who's in charge of the charts? Who, what, what chart manager is like? I'm, I'm, who's putting that on their resume? <laughs> Somebody's going. I was the modern rock tracks chart manager. For, from 1997 to 1999 and uh it was it was a rough time
1: i was not only in charge of these charts those other charts were not my purview yeah so uh royal oil track three on the album came in at number 22 well, love, love that one. one uh and the rascal king track two on the album came in at number seven And of course, let's face it, came in at number 27 on the Billboard 200, which was the only Boston's album to ever enter the top 50, and it went platinum. So, I mean, yeah, you had your detractors, you had your people who praised it. You know, a couple of people were just like, I don't get it, blah, blah, blah. But then other people, you know, said, you know, it's just fun. It's fun and it's... It's fun for you. They're having fun. We're all having fun. I, You know, I think there was a bit of a hangover from the grunge heroine that was come. It was it was just we were getting out of that, even though a lot of those bands were great. But I mean, you can only, you know, be under the bridge with Kurt Cobain for so long.
0: Yeah. So I you're absolutely right. Like I mean, you think about like how like dingy and sad everybody out of Seattle was and then all of a sudden these like bright Bostonians show up and they're like and every you know dancing around. It's I mean, it was so opposite of what was going on in, in the mainstream music that like everybody was like, we are tired of being sad. Um, We need, we need something a little bit brighter and Scott came. And then, and then we ended up dealing with the cherry pop and daddies as a result of this. But you know, (laughs) uh, like, so, so if it, I, I I maintain our good band. Uh, I, my, my point is more so <laughs> that bands like uh mighty mighty boston's and like the ska bands the ska boom and stuff paved the way for swing to show up yeah so
1: i mean it, it did get out of hand so one of the things that is very important around this time yes it, we're, we're we're gonna skip back just just real quick but it's to demonstrate the bright spot that the Bostones were so 1995 there was a little thing called Lollapalooza. Now, Lollapalooza had been going for a while. <laughs> of course, this wasn't new. But sure. here was the lineup from 95. Jesus Lizard, I know you're stoked. So uh, stoked. <laughs> Elastica, Pavement. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Do,
0: do you remember the Elastica song? Oh, Isn't that song It's like,
1: boom, dan it,
0: dan, dan, dan it? Yes. Uh, yes, you're yes. right, you're right, you're right, you're
1: right. Yes. Elastica was kind of cool. I liked them. Um, uh, I'll go listen to that again. Uh, Pavement, Hole, Beck, Super Chunk, Red Man. That must have been fun. Uh, Cypress Hill, Sonic Youth, uh, and the Boston. <laughs> so what a weird lineup they were just they were like the one bright spot on the tour because it was all very you know grunge and very you know inward looking and the boss the boss came out and just fucking danced their asses off so apparently pavements bob nestanovich and this is from i forget what publication i got this from i just googled oral history of let's face it and this is a, a uh article called the impression that i get turns 20 it's by a guy named tom brahan and what i got from this article was that yes they were the one bright spot on that tour and the guy from pavement said the boss tones were so pumped and their act was so physical it was like an aerobics class they had outfits they were made (laughs) for that type of thing and we just weren't (laughs) We weren't.
0: I mean, but I also think about like, this is something I think about as far as like logistics of playing
1: shows. They always played in suits. Yeah, it can't be comfortable. Ne- I never thought it was comfortable. No. Imagine before they got big, before they had a bus, before they had someone to probably launder those suits, you know, Ugh. semi-frequently, how sweaty they were. Um, apparently Tom Brahan also in that article he was at Lollapalooza 95 and he said that Pavement was so sloppy and aloof the day i saw them that the crowd pelted them with chunks of mud. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but of course after Lollapalooza 95 and uh, you you did see cuz we always talk about 94 with Dookie but that was that was the explosion but this was the this was the fallout this was the after aftermath. So after Lollapalooza 95, uh, the floodgates, as Brahan puts it, open. You had No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom, and Out Come the Wolves by Rancid comes out. Time Bomb was a ska song. It was a big hit. Sublime's Date Rape, which when I say it, you know, it's like you can tell what year we're living in because I say it and I cringe because it's not a yeah. pro song. It's it's an anti song. say it's like a revenge song. Someone who who is a horrible person gets their comeuppance. But it, it, at any rate, that was a, that was a it was a hit song, and it was from 40 Ounces to Freedom. and Then you had Real Big Fish and Goldfinger and Bucko Nine and Save Ferris, and then the Boss Tones were like, "Hey guys, hold, now's our time." Hold my fucking spats, and then they put out. Uh, let's face it in 97 (laughs) so I mean like we said the impression that I get was everywhere it was on the charts it was on the radio it was in Chasing Amy and it they also played it on Saturday Night Live I mean when you really think about that like how crazy that is this is a band from the underground and they were everywhere so that's kind of a little history of the record and kind of the time and how we remember it. So why don't we go ahead and just take a look at the songs? Let's do that. So uh,
0: the, the original release. Uh, so first of all, <clears throat> let's go ahead and start here in 2004. Let's face it was ranked number 36 in a Kerrang reader poll of top 50 greatest punk albums ever that's actually pretty pretty impressive because you're talking about punk albums like uh i don't know london calling and rocket to russia and shit Mm -hmm. so like the fact that this made the list is i think pretty pretty powerful um uh cuz i mean there i we could list a 100 million albums and and whatever but and and of course but this is a reader poll so that's that's a big thing this album came out with 12 songs there is a japanese bonus song uh which we'll talk about uh there is a a a vinyl bonus song as well which we'll uh, talk about so, cuz it's funny <laughs> okay all right uh we will talk about all of it but the song starts off and and actually i don't even want to talk about the songs yet i want to talk about the feel of the album mm-hmm. uh I think that Impression That I Get is the most raucous song on this album. The rest of it is a straight up like catchy fun ska record.
1: Yeah, but I mean have you heard Nevermind Me or Numbered Days or One Two Eight? I mean those songs get pretty they they kinda lean into it. Yeah, I mean sure, but I still I would
0: still argue that Impression
1: That I Get is like the the loud I mean probably I mean but there's also because it goes from that uh, a quieter verse to the to the big chorus but I'd say the first probably 5 tracks are the most ska oriented
0: That's fair that's fair So the first song is called Noise Brigade which I yeah. love that it's it's and it's a really great like introduction to this album i think like the the it starts off with the drummer being like playing that like quick like
1: as soon as i hear those snare hits oh my knees start going it's uh and you really hear that like even though dickie barrett has this deep voice especially just right out the gate you hear him singing and he's got a great voice yeah i love noise absolutely such a good one such a good one
0: and rascal king is good too that's, that's yeah. the next song so it goes into rascal king um so uh i'm gonna do my I, I i'm not gonna do my impression of it but i here's here's what i hear when i hear the lyrics
1: rasta about aha do it again i believe it's so last around says. it's last around uh uh-uh, uh do it again it's the no, rascal I said it right is the rascal king behind the bars or the one in front of them
0: what uh, of them? No, I said it right the first
1: time. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it was the it was the one of the hits, and it, it had a video. Had a video. I remember it's a black and white video on MTV. It was very. It's just such a catchy, fun, fucking song. I mean, there's a little bit of I believe there's a little bit of Hammond organ in it, if I'm not mistaken, and it just uh, it puts you in such a good mood. I don't care. It really does. I don't care if like blood's coming out of the sky. You're going to hear the Rascal King on, on your radio and you're going to be like, yeah, uh, it's fine. It's fine. We can deal with this. Uh, yeah, we can We can cope. We can cope. Um, and then the next song is Royal Oil, which
0: was the other single, which is so fucking good.
1: A little bit of a slowdown, but definitely it has more of a, I would say more of a, it's it's a ska song. I'm not going to say it's a reggae song just because it's slower, but it's, it's a slower ska song. And I mean, the lyrics are about, I believe, heroin addiction, which is kind uh, of strange yeah. to hear. It's kind of strange to hear in a, in a song that upbeat. We were just talking about Less Than Jake on the bonus episode and how, like, all their songs are super sad about how they just want to get the fuck out of Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this it's yeah. a pretty serious subject. But it's it's man, what a what a good song.
0: It really is. I mean, when I was going through and doing like the listen through, Royal Royal Oil, I, it's so hard to fucking Royal say that. Royal Oil. R- 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 Royal Oil. Yeah. Um. Oh, I hate that. Uh, like that's yeah. For those of you who have misophonia, if like sounds like that bum you out, Royal Oil. Um. That song stuck with me. Like that song was like, oh right, right, right. This song is like the 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 catchy song like that. I don't. And maybe it's because the words Royal Oil really. Bother me, but um <laughs> it's a, it's a great song. Yeah, it's one of my favorites.
1: And then, and of course, then there is yep the hit, the, the hit. hit, impression that impression I get track for. Yeah, it's bat and cleanup on this album. Yeah, it's not it's not too deep in. You, you get to it pretty quickly. I mean, it's under ten minutes, and you're listening to it. So, I mean, we've talked about it. It's a pretty perfect distillation of the Boston sound. So, I mean. Yes, it's the hit. Yes, it was overplayed in the '90s, but I mean, it's been so long now. Listen to it; it's a fucking it's a fun song. I've heard a remix of it that some DJ did with this uh, reggae singer, this uh, female reggae singer. Uh huh. And it's like eight minutes long, and I don't get bored of it. It's really great. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, how can
0: you? It's a, it's a, just a great fucking song. So uh, then there is the self-titled track. Let's
1: face it, which is a very forward-thinking in a very compassionate and empathetic appeal to fucking cut the racism shit. Why were we put here what for? We're unsure. We sure weren't put here to hate. Be racist, be sexist, be bigots. Be sure we won't stand for your hate. Now, why so cut and dry? A simple concept, miss. Give tolerance a try. This confusion still exists. Ignorant mongers, no areas gray. Couldn't be any wronger in this age and day. Let's try to erase it. It's time that we face it. If we don't, then who will shame on us? I mean, Mm. it's a really, it's an uplifting song, man. And it should be said, there are people of color in the Boston's. And not something that you would normally see that much at the time. And I mean, these guys are from Boston, which with Philly is like one of the most racist fucking cities in the goddamn union. You know what I mean? So they were breaking new ground. Way before other people. And do you I think, do you think cool. they wrote Let's Face It for uh Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> because he like beat up didn't he beat up like an Asian guy? Yeah, he blinded him. Yeah, it's funny every time that we uh give Mark Wahlberg our money. Kinda strange.
0: Yeah, it's funny how that works. It's funny mm-hmm. how celebrity works and society works and how, you know. Anyway, uh the next song on this after Let's Face It is uh the Bug." that
1: bug bit me. That bug bit me. I'll admit. Still, it took a while to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a punk song. It just—it's it, kind of a—it's a rocker, and and I really like it. Yeah, it's one of the shorter songs on the album too.
0: Yeah, but it's
1: fun. Yeah, number seven
0: is another
1: drinking song. Now, this one here, I believe, this is like kind of a sleeper hit on the record because it kind of starts off dark. It's one of the only kind of darker songs on the album. It has kind of a, the horns have this reverb on them and it's a song about obviously drinking about being an alcoholic, but the song has a great chorus and then it, it like it changes from a minor key to a major key for the end of it, but it's still the same lyrics and still the same sort of rhythm and progression. They just like Uh tweak one of the chords and it sounds so much brighter I love the line man Counting on a remedy I've counted on before Going with the cure That's never failed me uh, You call it a disease I call it a- What you call a disease I call a remedy What you're calling the cause I call the cure It's so okay. good And when it kicks in at the end And there's like a Whoa! Oh, I, That's one of my Absolute favorite songs On the record Because it starts off A little like Wait 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 This one doesn't sound As fun Eh, and then it's it's one and of then the it's most, fun it's one of the most fun songs on the record
0: i love that um yeah th- that is a good song like uh, it's one of those ones i'm less familiar with but it is it is a uh, a good
1: listen the horn line um, the horn lines at the end make me just want to do a cartwheel i would touch my toes. so i would pay so much money to watch you do a cartwheel you never see me do a cartwheel I have never seen you do a cartwheel. You never wheel. seen me do like a round off? Dude, I'm very agile. You don't what are you talking about?
0: I the next time we get together, I want to see you do a cartwheel. I wheel.
1: used to cartwheel off the stage.
0: I wasn't paying attention to you. Okay. Uh the next song number eight is Number Days. It's a good one. It's a punk one. Yeah. Um number nine is Break So Easily.
1: We, we're just skipping it. Well, no, you just said it's a punk one and you just kind of stopped. You yeah, were like I mean, you were like, yeah, it's a punk one. It's it's a catchy song. It's just it, it doesn't have all the dynamic of maybe the impression that I get, but it's still a catchy song you want to sing along to it. All right.
0: Okay. All right. So, just making sure um uh the number 9 is break so easily.
1: So, number 9 and number 11. Oh, look at that number oh. track number 9 and track number oh. 11 i would say these are probably the weakest tracks on the album and it doesn't mean they're bad but in comparison to the others break so easily is kind of like a mid tempo uh, it's got kind of a cool chorus but it, just for me it doesn't i would have been fine if it had been an 11 song record and they'd left those two off to be honest cuz okay. break so easily or a ten song record well, no, because there's 12 songs and you take off two. Okay. I'm fucking stupid. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't skip it though. Don't skip that song though. Listen to it at least once. Just to see if you like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I, I mean, that's what I would say about any of these records we cover. Listen to the whole record. Give the entire record a listen and just, you know, come up with your own stupid opinion. Um. Number ten is "Never Mind Me." Such a cool little guitar riff. Wee
1: wee 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 You like that? Okay.
0: Yeah, that was good. You should do that more. I think that's what people listen to the show for. Yeah, they love to do that.
1: Want to hear me acapella guitar guitar riff? Yeah.
0: Wee wee. Well, that's a there's a there's um uh one podcast I listen to. that does air banjo. So you like, he'll go on and
1: make ping bing, 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 ding bing, and you're like, that's the worst thing. And he does it all the time or used to you want to hear like a a natural banjo just listen to my fucking redneck uncle talk um never mind (laughs) me it sounds like he's got a banjo in his throat uh never mind me is another one of my favorite songs on the record it's uh it's just it's got this cool little guitar riff that opens it and i I don't know it's just it's just driving and fun makes you want to pump your fists man yeah, it's a it's a good one too. Uh, you already mentioned eleven, which is desensitized. Yeah, it's it's a little, it's almost a hardcore song. Uh, it, it's not terrible. It, it, I I like it better than Break So Easily. I think this is uh, Break So Easily is my least favorite song on the record. Desensitized has as like a cool kind of I'm desensitized because again, yeah. guys, Dickie Barrett's vocals. You know, he, he can sing beautifully, but he can also rip it off. He used to sing for a hardcore band when he was like a teenager. They're called Cheapskates. It's like, yeah. he can do like this. You know, but he, he can also sing and he does do a little bit of the yelling on desensitize, which I like, but it's it's just it's it's no another drinking song, we'll say that.
0: Yeah. Um or do you have any thoughts on the fact that it was co written by Tim Burton?
1: <laughs> uh, could we make it a little sadder? Hmm. Hmm. This isn't quite hot topic enough. I sort of look like Robert Smith meets Dream from Sandman meets Johnny Depp, who I'm obsessed with. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's weird that he co
0: wrote it. I'm a strange man. Yeah, I don't think he co wrote it. Though. No, I don't think he Is it, <laughs> it, It's wrote it. It's a different Tim Burton. A different um, Tim
1: Burton. <laughs>
0: Uh, bim Turton, uh and then the last (laughs) the last song on this album uh on the official the american release um is one two eight
1: one two what's in stew oh no one's really sure i mean how do you hate this song it's so fun
0: you know, and I think it's there's something to be said about uh, album closers. Like, I think what ends up happening in, in one of the, the challenges with any record is like the back half of the record often gets like you don't listen to it because maybe the first half is where you front load everything, side A or whatever it is. And then you have the hit singles on that. And then everybody ignores side B uh, or the back half. But like some of the best songs that have ever been written are on the back half of records. And this is a this is a really good one.
1: Yeah, I love 128. It's definitely one of the strongest songs on the record. Uh I always like the ending. Seven eight, this stuff tastes. And then the guy's just like, great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a really See, fun it's, it's one. It's, silly. it's kinda
1: I mean, like the, the lyrics are slightly nonsensical, but it's still a lot of fun. And I remember when I saw them over at Emory Riddle and like everybody that we would eventually be friends with from hardcore shows was skanking across the stage. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I remember them playing this song And just man Just singing along it was so much fun I never got to see them Well you'll never see them now
0: Oh Why well, you gonna bum everybody out It's the oh. end of the show Alright, so sometimes what happens is, as we all know, uh, a record will come out and then there are sometimes b-sides and there's sometimes special releases. Well, in Japan, they got an extra song and that was At It Again.
1: Um, if I remember correctly, because it's been a while since I've listened to this, I do have a Boston's B-Sides collection, and a lot of the songs are really good, like album worthy songs. This one, I believe, if I'm remembering it correctly, just kind of a fun one. Uh you know, it's it's not nothing to write home about, but it's a fun one. My my favorite B-side though, one of them, is from uh-huh. The Vinyl. Of Let's Face It. And that would, of course, be the song Wrong Thing Right Then, which you may remember from the Meet the Deedles soundtrack. (laughs) Which I never saw that movie. But I did Oh, you never saw the Tom Arnold vehicle Meet the Deedles? No, but I did have the soundtrack because Goldfinger also had an exclusive song on it that was exceptional. Exceptional.
0: I forgot that 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 soundtrack was like a weird punk yeah
1: soundtrack it had a bunch of punk and ska songs on i think the band giggy ta was on there and i'd only ever heard them on some weird hey brother can you spare some ska compilation i'm like what is happening but uh wrong thing right then is a really it's actually a really beautiful song it's slower um i wouldn't call it r&b it's just slow ska you know but it's got it's got a nice soulful feel to it so said the wrong thing right then Try to fuck you. And it's it you know, it's got some great horns, some great uh pretty guitar work on it. You can definitely see one of the deedles uh, with his big hair just kind of pensively walking <laughs> pensively walking down the shoreline, you know. It's <laughs> it's a great This song.
0: soundtrack is ridiculous. So it's got uh see it here. Cherry Poppin' Daddies, the song Dr. Bones. Oh Doc <laughs> um
1: yeah, Doctor Bones. Yeah, uh, you, you can't trust him because he's never alone, and he'll grab your fuzzy dice. Shake, shake, <laughs> and you better shake, shake, and rattle your Doctor Bones,
0: <laughs> dude. It's so ridiculous. Um, but then there's also the Dancehall Crashers is on here. Lady yeah. Luck by the Dancehall Crashers. Good song. Um, Seems like yesterday by Goldfinger. Fucking uh, great song. Yeah. Uh, Wrong Thing Right Then uh, by Mighty Mighty Boss Stones, For You by Save Ferris. um, Which, guilty pleasure uh, of mine. Yeah, and then I Can't Wait by Hepcat.
1: Hepcat's great. little little more of the first wave type uh, vibe, like uh, slackers, but great band.
0: Yeah, and then and you you got Gary Hoey, uh, Steve Bartek, Homie, Perfect Thyroid, and uh, Geggy Ta are all bands yeah. that are on here, too.
1: Go Where You Go by Geggy Ta is actually kind of a fun song. It's really stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Seems like yesterday is, is a Goldfinger B-side from like around the time they did the self-titled. I think it was between the self-titled and Hang Ups. Yeah. And I mean, after Hang Ups, I don't really like the band. It's sort of like after Real Big Fish did their second big record. You know, it wasn't their second record, but uh, why do they rock so hard? It's like those two bands, I feel like, put out two great fucking records for the time. And they had some B-sides that wound up on soundtracks. Like Real Big Fish was on Basketball, so it was Goldfinger. And uh, then they kind of, they did other good records, just not as good as their old ones and the same cannot be said for the boss tones in my opinion. right they can, they continued so we're bringing it to a close here guys the thing about the boss tones to remember and about let's face it in my opinion they were not a flash in the pan because even though they poked through into the mainstream and they had their huge success with the impression that i get which is more than you can say for most punk and ska bands in the 90s because i would say it was probably the biggest ska punk song of all time. as if, if, of, Yeah. I mean, not that it's the absolute best one, but it's the biggest one that everybody knows. Sure. They kept doing what they were doing, and they kept putting out records. And I thought, especially the record that followed, um, uh, let's face it, Pay Attention, killer record. Really yeah. good. I love Pay Attention. And they continued to put records out, and the songs continue to be pretty damn good and they just they didn't fall by the wayside like the the underground still embraced them they still toured they were still putting out records yes they broke up for a few years but they came right back put out four more lps before the ignominious end which i've been waiting to use that word and i think i did it right it's a good word so during the pandemic There was some speculation. This hasn't even really been proved, but no one's come out to disprove it. So I guess it is true. Dickie Barrett, apparently, because he was on Kimmel. Remember, he was the the hype guy on Kimmel for years. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool to see Dickie Barrett on TV, even though I think Jimmy Kimmel is a fucking hack and he sucks. He's always crying. Like, Shut the fuck up, dude. Tell hey, why is he crying? Tell so a joke, clown. But um, <laughs> so apparently Dickie Barrett was involved in some anti-vaccination mandate rally that was held by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I don't know the extent that he was involved. Like he might he produced a video for it or something. And, and then I guess he was a guest on some podcast with this guy named Del Bigtree. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, it is picture okay. like a Muppet crossed with a fraggle and uh, he confirmed uh, that it was his anti-vaccination views that made the rest of the band uncomfortable and the band had broke up apparently because of that. All right. I have to say this before we're done. I got the vaccination. I got the booster. Did you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. It's science. I I, I got it. Because I wanted to get it. I got it because I felt comfortable getting it. Because I said, whatever, whatever chance I'm taking, I'd rather take the chance of myself than getting somebody else that I care about sick. Very sick. Especially sure. if they're unhealthy. It was my choice. All right? Sure. But the thing that has puzzled me, and especially coming from the punk rock community, which who gives a fuck about them anyway? But all of a sudden, there is this embracing and trust of Big Pharma. Like, oh, they have our best interests at heart. They're going to make something that they're going to test implicitly. And there's no chance that there could be anything adverse. And it would be totally perfect and totally safe. And never mind that these are the same companies who have paid billions of dollars in fines for literally killing people with their drugs and their medications, for ruining lives with opioids. I mean, how much money has Pfizer or whoever the fuck, had to pay out. I mean, the biggest drug dealers in this fucking country are these companies. Now, I always felt that it was kind of like, it should be a personal decision. I made the decision because I work with, I guess, what you'd call a at-risk population. Sure. And I'd just rather take that risk myself. But I don't understand this immediate embracing of big pharma, and I don't understand this immediate... Exile of anyone who was just like, well, maybe let's not rush to conclusions yet, because everyone I know that got the vaccine has been sick as a fucking dog with COVID, except for me, because apparently I'm—I didn't. Apparently I'm Doctor Manhattan.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'm just a. I think it was a human vaccine, so I think that's why I probably didn't have the same impact on me. <laughs> Be, me being not human.
1: I just I look at all the good the Boston's have done, all the joy they've brought, the the ground they broke in diversity and I just I think it's really sad that now it's like oh he's an anti-vaxxer fuck him it's like does nothing he did before he decided he didn't want to get the shot matter I don't understand that like you could say I don't agree with your your choice like I think I don't like your choice I think it's dumb but it's like everybody turned and like the it sounds like the whole band turned on him too. It's like Jesus Christ. You guys have been together for almost 40 fucking years. I don't sure. know. Sure. It makes me sad and I guess I just I it take it would take a lot more for me to hate somebody like that. For me to be mad at them, for me to say, fuck them, I'm not going to buy their records. Fuck them, I'm not going to support them. Fuck them, I hope they break up. Fuck them, I hope he doesn't have a job. All that type of stuff that you hear people say about someone who's just like, well, I don't know if I want to get the shot. It's just like, kill him! You know, it just it just seems very short-sighted to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think it's one of those things where it's just, there's probably so much. in inter- I mean, I can imagine, like, if you and I were in a band for 40 years, I would... Develop a time machine and go back and kill myself before we ever started a band because (laughs) I couldn't imagine doing that. But like, I mean, like as a legitimate thing, like being in a band with 40 years has to come with all its trials and tribulations, having to deal with people that long. And I'm sure that this is kind of like an easy thing to blame it on. But I think there's probably more to it. And I would imagine that's the case. I can't imagine anybody would throw 40 years of friendship away over like a single thing like that.
1: Well, I would hope not. I hope there is more to it, but it's like no one's really said anything about it. This is all we've got to go on is like these few little snips, like Dickie Barrett's this fucking asshole now. And I'm like, I, I still like Dickie Barrett. I still like the boss tones. And if they came back, I'd fucking go see him. But that's just me. I think it's fair.
0: I think that's reasonable.
1: reasonable,
0: That's a reasonable, flexible approach to this situation. Like,
1: if you weren't taking your human lycanthropy vaccine on a regular basis and you did, you know, become feral, I'd still be your friend. (laughs) Like, if you said to me, like, I disagree with this shot. I'm not getting it anymore. I will change. My body will knit itself anew under the light of a full moon. And I will drink the blood. Of anything that crosses my path, I would say, Hey, he's still my friend. Still one of my, I did
0: not, I was not ready for that.
1: Um, still my best friend. Even if he's got, you know, uh, you know, baby meat in his teeth, I mean, he's still my friend.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, that's not going to be a problem. Uh, Pfizer makes my vaccine. (laughs) So we're good. Um, haven't had any blood clots yet. So I think we're, we're going to be all right. Um, I mean, I, I was a little bit, I, I did have a, a little bit of an averse reaction to the full moon the other night. Like I got a little bit itchy, but like, I think that that was just kind of like, they say that happens every now and again. So,
1: I mean, it's like, I can see it from both sides, man. It's like it, it being a little hesitant. And then also at the same time being like, well, how much poison do you consume on a daily basis? Do you think any, any more yeah. is going to matter? <laughs>
0: what? Yeah. If you've ever had one glass of Mountain Dew, Ugh. then you're fine.
1: Your insides are glowing. But at any rate, um, Aside from all that, and aside from the sad ending, you can always take comfort in the fact that the Boston's have put out so many great records. Let's face it, chief among them. And listen to them and fucking dance around your house and sashay yourself all over the place. And just don't get too crazy while you're driving because it's Scott. It's meant to be happy and it's not meant to sideswipe and kill somebody.
0: Right. I agree. I agree. Go listen to Let's Face It. Go it is do a strong it. recommend. It's a
1: fucking adamantium recommend yeah i like it i like it all right let's fucking stop this madness all right
0: so let's go ahead and shout out the patrons so we can uh celebrate you because we love you so much yeah. mike osborne laura crosby kate neal Amelia andrews matthew fisher jessica crane mario supriano christian Pearley, nancy crozier emily lawson Jess marco casey crawford brian stewart tyler Lagasse, joe regano bob hughes carissa crabtree and sam Kubi, yeah. Prince of Darkness.
1: Thank you, guys. There uh, is a new episode of Hardcore Hangover up. It is The Promise by Ringworm. And in a, I, not this week, but next week, the next one will be out. I'm going to do it every other week. I'm going to do it every other week. It is me screaming about Firestorm by Earth Crisis. So if you want to hear that, you have been sent the RSS feed. P- copy and paste it into your preferred podcast player and Listen i like it i'm stoked that you're doing that i have to do i'm broken soon and i just don't really care i don't hate it i just don't care I can't yeah th- it's, I can't. It's i can't think of anything to serviceable say about it. I'm just like ah, whatever all right well i guess it's gonna do it for us we do have stuff coming up but we're both tired and you hear about it all the time uh my book uh horror book and uh shane book and uh that's about it so, yeah, so many book so book we have book we, we have book. so many book by book <laughs> Yeah, go to our website, and uh, we will, I guess it's going to do it for this week, and we will be back next week with a 101 or 5, I believe. Yeah, I I, so. I got some stuff to put on my list. And Until then. Not this week. Hell good. good. And good night, Taco Bell Joe, wherever you are. He looks like somebody who would listen to Ska. <laughs> oh, buddy, let me tell you something. You know that song <laughs> our house in the middle of our street. Yeah madness. That was my house, buddy We did that <laughs> song at my ho- it was oh, it was crazy Oh, Why those was guys your house in the middle of the street. Hey, let me tell you it was it was super cheap I mean I had cars going right through my living room, buddy But I was paying five dollars a year to live there. That was my crazy years a year that's after I got kicked cheap. out of the Misfits, buddy. You know, go listen to the oh, Halloween yeah. special for that one. It was a strange time in my life, but I had a lot of fun, and I was dancing around with those English guys all over the place. It was a lot of—I was crazy. It was girls everywhere. It sounded like it was—it
0: sounded like it was a fun time. It sounded like it was a little crazy, though. It was madness, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna—I hope I—I I don't wake up. <laughs> that would be—that would be awful. I mean. It's not. It's not your fault, Joe. It's just. It's just that was. There's just too many things. That was the last thing. <laughs>
1: that was the one that broke the camel's back, huh? Oh. Yeah. That was the. That was the one that broke the taco shell. Well, then I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> oh my.
0: You want to Find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at I don't want to hear a pod. You can find us on Twitter at Idwhi Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at I don't want to hear a podcast. Check out our website at I don't want to hear a podcast.com. And if you follow the link, it came from the beach. You can hear all our old bands and the bullshits that we did. You can check out our publishing company at WNDPress.com. And if you would like to submit a work, or get published with us, uh, you can email us at info at WNDpress.com. If you'd like to reach the show, you can email us at idwhipodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Send us your information. Let us know what you think. Please consider supporting the show. Check out our patron. You get all kinds of cool bonuses, including discounts on merchandise. You get bonus episodes like our Play It Loud and our Talk Among Us episodes and all kinds of goodies. We make a bunch of playlists for you all too. find us. It'll be great.